Welcome to Scale and Bail with John Woolley and Ben Zawalski, presented to you by Innovate. This weekly podcast is designed for those of you that are looking for ways to be more efficient and effective in the gym without feeling like you have to max out every workout. We'll be covering topics relative to all aspects of fitness, and we'd love to spend time with you here each and every week, so get subscribed on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Now on to the show. Ben Zawalski, what's up? Welcome back. The legendary John Woolley, a.k.a. Make Wads Great Again, a.k.a. Make Pods Great Again, a.k.a. The Meme Lord of CrossFit. Dude, you've been out of town for a while. This is my normal life. When I, Honestly, being in town for an extended period of time is like, wow, this is such a nice change of pace. I didn't realize you were such a jet setter just all over the planet. It's good stuff. I... I I have been ever since living in Japan because that was just like the nature of the beast. When you live in one of the most internationally um, diverse airports or live close to it, it's like, man, flying everywhere is cheap and easy and (laughs) nonstop. So I did a lot and uh, that has not changed ever since moving to Denver. Uh, And when people invite me places rather than I normally, I used to come up with reasons to say no now, oftentimes I, I find reasons to say yes. So it was just at one of my best friend's weddings uh, this past week. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll be there. I don't care if it ruins my schedule. I'll be there. It'll be fun. And it was. Got to make the trip, man. So you came home to a bunch of packages. Huh? I saw that in your story. I did. I came home to piles and piles of packages, including a f- few fresh pairs of, of shoes and lots of elk hunting gear. But I opened the shoes first and I am stoked. I, I haven't even talked to you about it. How many pairs of shoes did you get? I don't know. How many did you get? Um, I'm not going to say. I've gotten a lot <laughs> over the last few months. I've been sent a lot. I was just curious. I mean, this was your your initial. This is my initial day. package. My initial package is a starter kit was three pairs of shoes. Ooh, which ones did you get? I got the bigger ones. So the 300s. Um, and of course, I'm going to like butcher the names, but what are they're the something G300s, correct? Uh, yeah, those are the those are the ones you just described. The G300s, uh, fantastic. You get with the gum bottoms. You got the gum. Yeah, bottom. I have the gum bottoms, and then I also have like the new colorway that's not even out yet, which makes me feel all tingly inside. And those are so fresh. I'm like, I'm like, I tend to be a black shoe guy because I just I beat the crap out of my shoes. But those white gray gum sole ones are so good looking. Oh man. I don't even, I don't even know what I'm going to do with those. Probably wear them in all my videos though. I, I, I put a pair of those in my story and somebody messaged me and they said, those are like really high end new balances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I am a dad. So I guess that works out. Well, I guess they'll be my pickleball shoes. Um, I don't know. I can never, I, there's too nice. Oh, I love them. I'm like, I'm going to wear them only to workouts where I know I will completely destroy everyone. That's going to be the key. Perfect. Just, just wear them on the days where I'm flexing hard. Did, what else did they send you? You said three pairs. They send you the 245s? I got a pair of the 245s in black with gum. They they know me. They know my colorways, man. Perfect. Perfect. I have a blue pair of those, and I love them. It should be – it's fair to say, I mean, everybody knows it's right on our masthead that Innovate sponsors the show. And so this is the first time they've sent Ben shoes. They've been sending me shoes for months because, you know, I'm a shoe ho. And – uh <laughs> But I'm excited for you to actually get a pair of these. You're going to love those 300 suit. I worked out in mine um, day before yesterday. And, you know, admittedly, it's much lighter workout than you would do. But it was still, you know, it was burpees and snatches. And, um, oh, what the heck else was I doing? Um, I don't know, some gymnastics type stuff. And they were great. Like, they did exactly what we talked about on the last show, which I didn't think about my feet the whole time. Yeah. That's all, that's all I wanted them to do. And for the lifting particularly the snatches because I was doing hang squat snatches. Um, I want them to be really solid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. none of that, you ever get that, that little wiggle in the sides, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and had none of that. I loved them. They pass all those tests for me and they look sweet. Even though my favorite thing so far is, well, obviously they look sweet, but no tongue. Like the tongue of a shoe is always an enigma to me. Like it'll like shift to one side. I always have to like reposition at the pool on it. But this, it's like, I don't know, the upper is like all one thing. And then you have the laces that make it tight. Somehow you've made that entire paragraph sound dirty. I don't know how you manage that. 
but from end to end, you made the shoot sound like porn somehow. I shoot. Well, I'll have to reword that. Anyway, I think they're super lit and I can't wait to put them through the ringer in workouts and pickleball and trail running and all the things. I'm stoked. There you go. Well, we'll spend more time at a different time talking about shoes. I do want to talk about, we have an actual, uh, a real life sponsor for our second show. So, and people have heard me talk about them before, but you can, uh, which is a company that I use on the regular. They, um, they make a super start. So they make these uh, energy bars and gels and drinks and they make pro, they have protein drinks they make as well. Um, but basically what it does and why I use it is it provides energy without spiking my blood sugar. And so like what I, what I've been using it for, I use it two ways on the days I'm not working out, I'll take one in the morning or I'll eat one in the morning on my way to work. And because I, I work kind of long hours, like a lot of people during the day, I may not get to lunch until like two in the afternoon often. And it just gives me like kind of that constant flow of energy keeps me from getting fatigued. I don't feel, I don't get me wrong. I get hungry like anyone else, but I don't get like those crazy hunger pains because I have no energy. You follow me? Um, so it really helps me with hunger control. And then where I really use it because I like long workouts, like the one I did on Sunday had biking on both ends. It took me about an hour and 20 minutes. I usually take one before that because it allows me to never hit the wall. You know what I mean? Nice. So there's no, there's no spike. Like it's not like a pre-workout where you take it and you get all amped up and you go run into the wall and you, you know, I don't know if there's not 800 milligrams of caffeine in it. I'm, I'm maybe I'm skeptical, but we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Well, you've got, so you've got some there in one of those boxes you haven't opened yet. So you'll need to go try it, but I love the stuff. Uh, and for our listeners, um, for, yeah, I haven't even told you this, uh, we have a code. So if you go, you can go to the link in my bio and hit it. It'll take you to the UCAN site. But even if you don't use the link, when you get there, use the code SCALE, S-C-A-L-E, and you'll uh, save, I think it's 20%. So so whether it's fish scales, S-C-A-L-E, or scaling a workout, either one that helps you remember it. Because John and I are really big fishermen. There you go. Uh, I will say this much. I am, so if you had talked to me two years ago, two and a half years ago, I, even in CrossFit workouts specifically, I was someone who was kind of like, I don't know, ambivalent maybe is the correct SAT word or whatever. I like, I didn't care too much about pre-workout nutrition and post-workout nutrition. I just kind of like ate consistently and that kind of covered a lot of my bases. However, having lived in Colorado and I more recently have gotten into marathon level mountain biking excursions where you're on the bike for two plus hours and you actually have to start worrying about refueling electrolytes, refueling carbohydrates, like nutrient timing really starts to come into play. When I started realizing that was hugely negatively affecting my performance, AKA not doing anything, just showing up to a ride and be like, Oh yeah, I'll be fine. And realizing you can't mentally grind yourself through a two and a half hour cardio session uh, with lots of power output, I then realized that I should start paying attention to this stuff. So actually now more recently in a lot of my Metcons, uh, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, I actually do start timing carbohydrates prior to my workouts, even if it's a Met, like a CrossFit wad with a strength and a Metcon. Uh, and so far, so good. Less cramps, less fatigue that I would normally just blame on my mindset <laughs> when really it's like, no, your body's just starved of fuel. Um, so anyway, I'm, I am super excited to give the products a try because out here in, in Colorado, I'm just buying random energy waffles and <laughs> finding Gatorade powder wherever I can. So I'm actually excited to try something that has a little bit more, you know, science behind it. We'll see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of waffles. Um, well, let's, let's talk about that though. I mean, cause I think it's an interesting topic, Ben. Um, I had, have had several people ask me to have us talk about you know, as a master's athlete or even a new CrossFitter, like getting into the sport and trying to figure out like, how do I deal with these, you know, either really fast paced or grueling workouts? Like what are the important things I should be taking before and the important things I should be taking after? And, you know, full disclosure, mm. I'm certainly not a nutritionist. I don't know if you are, I don't think you are, but I'm, I'm not. not. Okay. So, um, so this isn't prescriptive in any way, shape or form, but I will share a little bit about what I've learned from some really smart nutritionists. 
Um, and I will say before we even get into any of this, we're talking about the last 4%. I won't even give it 5%. We're talking about like, there are so many other things that are wildly more important than worrying about supplements when it comes to the hierarchy of performance in CrossFit or performance in, in most fitness modalities. In fact, I will be the first one to tell you that when I lived in Japan, I did not take a single supplement for three and a half years, not a single one, not, not a nary one. And I was other than caffeine, AKA I drank a coffee in the morning. Uh, and, and I was still at some of the fittest I've ever been. So I just have to have that huge caveat that oftentimes beginners look for supplementation as, Hey, I'm just getting started working out. What supplements should I take? Overwhelmingly, I say none because you shouldn't take any, you should sleep and focus on like sleep above all else. If you get a full eight hours of sleep, even if it just means forcing yourself to lay in bed for eight hours and hope that you sleep during a few of those windows, that will pay so much bigger dividends than, than worrying about the latest performance supplements. So I just have to like very much caveat that the analogy here is if you're worried about supplements and you haven't worked on your sleep and your nutrition specifically, you are stepping over hundred dollar bills to pick up pennies. So I'll leave, leave it there. And then now I'm willing to talk about it. <laughs> well, we're coming back to talk about sleep uh, All right. <laughs> you know, for, for sure. But well, I think the question is though, is like, so let's just go on the assumption that your nutrition is good. Okay. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, anyone listening to this, like we're not nutritionists, go find a nutrition program that works for you. There's a hundred of them out there. There are a lot of really, really good ones. If you want some referrals, I'm happy to give them to you. We're not going to do it on this show. <laughs> just shoot us, Yeah. Just shoot us both DMs. We can put you through to some people, you know, but you're going to pay for them. Like the, you know, they charge for these programs. Um, you know, I think the question though is, it's like, what, what are the things that you should take? What are the things that are just useless? Like, so I'll give you some, I'll tell you what I take and some things that I think are useless. So my standard pre-workout, and this is going to be groundbreaking. You ready for this? Groundbreaking. Yeah, I'm ready. Coffee. I love coffee as a pre-workout. Love it. Love, I love it too. It. Like if you're going to take a stimulant, take the one that is most commonly found. You can just drive through a Starbucks and pick one up. Um, I think coffee is a great great uh way to go far better for me than i don't know there's all these mixes you know energy drinks that you can take and you know i'm, I'm sure there are some that people love but for me coffee's coffee's my main thing mm -hmm. so yeah i would totally totally agree with that um and just to like i'll throw it in and then keep going but like when it comes to, to quote unquote pre-workouts, there are some people who really like pre-workout powders. Try to avoid anything. There's a lot of things to avoid and we'll get into that a little bit, but try to avoid anything that says the word proprietary blend and doesn't give you the actual dosings of the supplements inside. That is a red flag that they don't want to tell you how much of the quote unquote good stuff they're putting into the supplement because it would make it cost more. And they're probably quote unquote pixie dusting the supplement with the good stuff and then filling the rest in with stuff that doesn't matter as much or is not as effective. So just a little caveat there. Agree. Um, I only take one supplement regularly. And as a second one, I take semi-regularly. I take creatine and I don't buy like a fancy you know, thousand dollar bottle. It's I, I go on Amazon and I buy the $20 bottle of powdered creatine. I don't know if I'm doing that right. I'm probably going to get yelled at by somebody. hundred percent. You are doing it right. You know, I just, and, and truthfully, I don't even time it. I don't think if it's pre-workout, post-workout, like yep. I just take it. Like if I get it in the morning, yep. fine. Get it in the evenings, fine. Whenever. Also fine. correct. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't view I don't view my fitness like it's got to be on a timetable for that. Well, I, for creatine specifically, it's not about um, creatine and beta alanine for that matter, which that's another one that I'll talk about here. Um, they are not timing dependent. So there isn't a stimulant factor. Beta alanine will give you a little bit of the tingles, but it's not necessarily a stimulant. So really just having that daily top up or semi almost daily top up so that it's in your cells when you need it 
that's what matters. So the five, five grams of creatine monohydrate, again, you could go on Amazon and order the bulk supplement version. Uh, you know, as a general rule, the fancier sounding anything is trying to be in the supplement, especially in the creatine game, the more money you are flushing down the drain. So <laughs> I'm a big proponent. As long as you, as long as your body can process it, some people do have some upset stomach issues or like they get really bloated when they take creatine. That's what I've heard, you know, anecdotally from some people. But personally speaking, I take five grams right to the face and chug it with water. Uh, you dry scooping? I, I'm hardcore, dude. I dry scoop, man. I I dry scoop beta <laughs> alanine five grams to the face. I do not suggest beginners do that because just like like I mentioned, like your body builds up a certain toler tolerance or like saturation, if you will. And if if I go from zero beta alanine to five grams of beta alanine powder to the face, um you're going to feel all kinds of tingles. Your face will go numb and you'll just be like, what's going on, man. Right. Um, I love that feeling. I'll recommend that's a that great right feeling. Away. It is. I love the feeling personally, but. <laughs> well, so now I'm really interested in to hear your thoughts on beta alanine because we didn't plan this pre-show, but that's the other supplement I take. And I, I got really excited. You know, everyone's heard of it recently because Frazier talked about it on. Right. Uh, and beta alanine stock went up probably quadrillion percent. on. Yeah. Whatever. Everyone started buying and thinking this is like the magic drug. I'm like, I've been using that shit for 10 years. Like, so it's like the, the one of the first things I've started taking and the thing that has always worked for me. But mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts around it before I tell you why it works for me. Yeah, of course. So the first thing I will say is that if you want the most trusted uh, nutrition or let's say supplement advice. If you want the most trusted, well-studied supplement advice, bar none on the internet, examine.com is the place to go simply because these people don't make money off of supplement sales. They never suggest a specific brand. They only study the, the, the efficacy and legitimacy of, of various active ingredients in supplements highly recommended. It's fantastic. And they have really, really lengthy reviews of things like creatine, of things like beta alanine, whey protein, so on and so forth. Very, very good stuff to actually learn whether or not the money you're spending is worth the squeeze, so to speak. Um, so all that being said, like a lot of this information, I'm kind of going to do it off the top of my head, but all the information I'd be gathering from from examine.com because those guys do the research. Kamal and then my buddy Saul, um, man, they, they've invested their entire life's work into making sure to alleviate the, the BS of the supplement industry, basically. Um, so someone's directly outside my office and I don't know who it is. Um, so that being said, beta alanine, if you had to look at creatine as um, one and then beta alanine as the other, creatine great for really, really short bursts, burst, burst, bursts of high energy output. So think one rep max deadlift, one rep max squat, like very heavy, a, a very short 100 meter sprint. That might even be a little bit too long, but like less than 10 seconds, roughly of effort. That is where creatine shines. Beta alanine is longer than that, essentially. Like beta alanine is touted to help you basically push a little bit harder for a little bit longer in longer duration things. I think one of the studies that I read suggested that it was more in like the 90 second plus range, but I can't necessarily say it's going to help you. Oh yeah. Take beta alanine and you're going to be running marathons, you know, like, like you're a, an Olympic athlete, but basically if you want to get stronger, lots of evidence to show that creatine will help you get stronger and help you, uh, be able to do those one rep maxes better. And then lots of, lots of science, maybe not quite as much science suggests that beta alanine will help you in more quote unquote cardio situations. So that's, that's the two. And what's great is that neither of them have been shown to have hardly any side effects, maybe a little bit of gastrointestinal stuff with the creatine. Uh, the hair loss one with creatine has for all sense and purposes been completely debunked. Uh, and then also on the beta alanine side, really one of the only side effects, again, if your stomach is really sensitive, it could maybe upset your tummy a bit. Um, but uh, the tingles, you know, which I think is great. It feels like you have superpowers. 
Uh, but those are the two, that's like beta alanine and creatine in a nutshell. And you can get all of the benefits from them reportedly by just taking the, the most generic brand possible, a trusted source. You don't want a manufacturer from Timbuktu that you don't really trust that, you know, scoops lead into it. Uh, but, but if you have a trusted supplement source, like bulk supplements is, is one, there's probably a bunch of other ones that pass all sorts of, you know, trusted verifications and stuff like that. But I just take the bulk supplements version off Amazon of hundred percent creatine monohydrate and hundred uh, percent beta alanine. And I take around five grams to the face pretty much every day. I don't sweat it if I miss it one day. It's all about just having those muscles saturated because um, if you take 25 grams, it's not going to necessarily help more. If you take four grams, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. It's more of just, you just keep your muscles saturated and your body will process anything extra. When, when you're taking it to the face, are you snorting it or just just like? So left nostril yes. and right nostril. Perfect. Uh, I think it's the way it's done. You know, it's funny. So I, you know, I didn't even get into fitness until I was 40. And I think I've said that before. And um, so for me, everything is about, has been about trial and error. And so I've tried it all. Um, of everything I've tried, these are, these two and then you can, which we talked about earlier, are the only things I've felt a actual difference in the workouts where I could tell a legitimate difference between how I felt doing a workout on it and doing a workout without in creatine's case, I haven't really had any side effects. I think I've had some, I get some bloating from it when I stay off of it for a while and then go back on, I get like initial headaches. It's just a weird thing for me, like for a couple of days and then it goes away. I don't, I'm not sure why that is. We've just kind of always done that to me, but otherwise none. Um, for beta alanine, it's weird. I think you described it. For me, it's a cardio thing. Like it's probably best described if it's a, a 30 minute workout and I haven't taken beta alanine, I'm hitting the wall far sooner than when I have it. And I feel like I can just go a little bit harder, a little bit longer. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost like it's, I don't know if it's reducing lactic acid or inhibiting it so I can work longer, but I'm just not getting as, as exhausted as quick. I do get mm -hmm. those, hey, that feel the ants crawling on my skin jitters that I really love when I <laughs> take it. Um, but I've recently, probably in the last two years, just started doing the powder, just like you. Like forever I was buying it and, you know, you could get it in all kind of supplemental drinks that have a hundred other ingredients. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? Enough of that. Like, I don't know what all this stuff is. I don't know if the rest of it's doing me any good or not. Yep. You for 20 bucks, you can buy a, you know, a big bottle of this stuff and just mix it in whatever you want to mix it in. And that's what I started doing. And it didn't, it didn't change the effect of it for me at all by doing that. So yep. for me, those are the only two. And then I am using, you can now for any like long workouts and, and like a, you know, supplemental for other things, but really those are the four, you can creatine, beta alanine and coffee, everything else like BCA drinks for me are useless completely useless. I don't, and I'm glad anything. you, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause there's a lot of basically that was touted as like some great thing where you get all the benefits of whey protein, but it's like more concentrated. And that's been from what I understand, pretty much debunked where BCAAs actually aren't really helping you at all. And they're relatively expensive. You might as well just drink a whey protein because whey protein has BCAAs along with all the other benefits. So it ends up being a better solution. Yeah. I don't know if they're good or bad. I'm not, I mean, for me, this isn't about saying, Hey, they suck and you shouldn't buy a BCA drink. Like if they taste good and you like them, buy them. Doesn't bother me in the least bit. I just personally haven't seen any benefit. Like I haven't right. seen anything that has improved my recovery, which is what they usually tout that, you know, Hey, take this post workout and you'll feel so much better. And your muscles mm -hmm. will be less sore. Yeah. Okay. BS. My muscles mm -hmm. are not less sore because I drank your, grape, whatever, you know, right. um, you know, I don't feel like I recover faster doing it. Like I've yet to find one, you know, if somebody's got one, you want to send it to me, I'm happy to try it. I've, I've proven time and again, I'll take just about anything. So oh, um, gosh. I, I will, I'll tell you, I'll try almost. I'll anything. do anything once to tell you what, Hey, I look, I am down to hear your science. I'm down for you to show me your stats and let me try it and see what works. 
Um, you know, for me, after 10 years of doing this, these are the four things that work for me. And I'd be lying to say, I don't, I don't do all four every day. I don't do coffee before every workout. I don't mix coffee and pre out in uh, beta alanine, by the way, unless you want to smell colors, don't do that. Oh, I do um, it all the time. Oh, do you? God, no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, I would literally poop my pants mid wad. And I don't know if well, you I sometimes I do that too, wad. man. No. Mm-mm. Deadlifting and all of a sudden you, you shart. No, I don't think so. I'm not going there. Um, I, th- I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's important to note, like, it's funny. One of my friends in college actually did something like this where he's like, you know, I don't always think, or don't always know if the supplement that I'm taking is effective. I do know it's safe. And I do know it makes me want to go to the gym more. I was like, that's really interesting for me. That's not how it works for me. I'm just like, no, I don't want to spend a single dollar unless I know it actually has some hashtag science to go with it. But if there's something that's a part of your routine that tastes really good. And it, if anything, it's like you drink that drink and now you're like, well, now I got to go work out. Uh, I, there's a little bit, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I think that's totally okay to build something like a BCAA or, or you know, sure. potentially a carbohydrate drink, which probably tastes a million times better, um, build something in your routine that could help potentially, as long as it's not detrimental, you don't want to be taking lead, um, but or a banned substance uh, if you're going to be tested, obviously, but taking something that sort of like triggers that ha- habitual, like, oh, I drink this, now it's time to go to the gym. I, I really like that. I think that's a really good thing. And then also even like, attaching an award on the back end or a reward on the back end for going to the gym. Like for me, I love smashing my fruity pebbles, uh, whey protein shake that has like extra carbs added to it. Not because like, yeah, there probably is some benefits, but it's mainly as like, here's a reward, Ben, you get the most delicious drink known to man after you're done working out. It's like my little milkshake. You know, it's funny that you, you say, get something pre-workout that makes you go to the gym. That's what beta alanine does for me. Cause once my skin starts tingling, <laughs> yep. I'm like this, but this why I better start. Like I am amped and ready to go. Let's, yep. let's get it on. But, uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about post wad. So is that, is that all you're taking post-workout is the fruity pebbles? Or do you have other things you're, that you have a go-to? Um, yeah. So I guess when it comes to, um, so I'll back up a little bit is like, so pre-workout caffeine is kind of one of the the main ones. Uh, there is some potential science around like something like tyrosine um, or L-tyrosine, I think is what it's called, which kind of like um, masks the jittery effect of caffeines. Uh, and it's naturally found in something like a green tea. So it's almost like you get a calmer energy and they buffer well together, again, allegedly based on hashtag science. And then there's L-tyrosine. There's like a couple things that you can add. Basically a good pre-workout would have some of these things along with a caffeine to go with it. Um, I'm not, we're not sponsored by them in any way, shape or form. And I'm not, but my friend Meg, uh, Meg squats on Instagram, on YouTube, whatever. She actually has a pre-workout that's called buff chick supplements that I take. Um, I'm not a buff chick. I'm a buff boy maybe, but, um, it's perfect because it actually has like the three scientifically backed ingredients. And then I add a creatine monohydrate and a beta alanine. And that just kind of is like my daily routine where I, I taste this sour apple flavored thing. And it's like, yep, time to go work out. Um, and then it has the caffeine and has the, a couple of those scientifically proven sup or scientifically improved ingredients in there with the science dosings. And it has nothing else, right? I don't want anything else in there. Um, so I'll, I'll do that again, partially as like this placebo effect of like, it's time to work out brain. And then after workouts, mainly as a reward, as almost like this carrot and stick where it's like, you worked out, congrats. Now you get this delicious calorie dense beverage, uh, which for me, it's not beer, believe it or not in Colorado. It is, is like I said, it's, I either take like a cinnamon cinnamon bun flavored whey protein or a fruity pebbles flavored whey protein. And if they had a cinnamon toast crunch one, I would definitely get that, but it's just whey protein. And I also mix in some carbohydrates to go with it Uh, for a long time. It's just been standard dextrose powder. And all that is, is it's just like a sweet, delicious thing that 
in theory, if I was recovering for a training session that was happening within the next couple hours, it would actually be important for me to time my you know, caloric consumption and the easiest calories to consume is drinking calories. So if I was doing two a days, which I used to do, then actually having that, that whey protein or that protein and carbohydrate mixture right after your workout would be really powerful. But I do have to say, it doesn't matter, at least the recent science especially has shown that like, if you're doing one workout a day, there is not this magical window that you have to like crush your protein shake in or, or else the workout doesn't count and you're losing all your gains. That actually like doesn't really exist as much as it was previously touted. So as long as you're eating some sort of well-rounded meal that has protein, carbs, and fat at some point after your training session, before your next one, like literally it could be hours, you're still getting almost all of the benefit. Uh, it's just for me, it's more of like that reward. And again, that habit from back in the old bodybuilding days that I, you know, for years and years and years. And also when I used to think that I needed it for CrossFit too, or I had multiple training sessions, I would always have that really delicious protein shake uh, on the back end. Um, and then the last thing to say on this, cause I got to, my buddy, Andy would be really proud of me because his whole mission and Saul, his whole mission is to help people avoid supplement scams, which are everywhere. They're probably one of the most prevalent things beyond death and taxes is supplement scams. Um, that's a good soundbite. We should use that. So protein powders have a tendency to be kind of pixie dusted where people, they'll strip the leucine out of your protein powders. So if you have a protein powder that doesn't specifically break down the amino acid profile, if it doesn't show you that it has roughly 2.5 to 2.7 grams of leucine per 25 grams of protein. If it has anything less than that, or just flat out does not show it to you or doesn't have it on their website or something like that, there's a probably good chance that it's a protein that's been stripped of the expensive amino acids and just loaded with the inexpensive amino acids. So you actually get slightly less muscle building benefits from it. There's a lot of protein scams out there. Uh, but luckily, a lot of the better supplement companies um, have a tendency to to be transparent with their amino acid content. And that does help. So anyway, I know there's a lot of science and stuff like that, which is very rare for me, but it's something that I've been pretty passionate about trying to help people. I fell asleep like two minutes ago. <laughs> no, that's, that's interesting stuff. I'd never really thought about that. And what's funny is, you know, again, for me, it's all trial and error. So I feel better. Like, about what you said, because I don't really do a post-workout anything. Like I'm doing totally fine. I'm doing one workout a day these days. I do two days sometimes, but for the most part, it's one a day. And I just try to get whole foods after. That's it. Just perfect. You know, and it's you for me, it's, you know, I'm not I'm not spending a ton of time, you know, counting macros, although I track track what I eat. Um, you know, as you say protein and a carb and some green vegetables. Like it's not much more than that. And I just tried to refuel and tonight I had some cake after. So that it was good too. At perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And that's something I really want to, I really want to harp for everyone here is like, again, supplements almost always like here we are talking about supplements and it's, un, it's unfortunate because it's what most people want us to talk about. And it's what a lot of beginners immediately want to do. They're like, what supplement do I need to reduce soreness or what supplement do I need to maximize performance? And the answer to both of those is hydration and sleep. <laughs> you know? And it's not a supplement, unfortunately. So well, let's, let's talk about that. Cause the recovery, you know, people have been asking that as well. Like, what do I do for recovery and rest days then? And, and mm -hmm. for me, that's, I always consider recovery and rest day sleep. And you, you're kind of throwing that into the performance piece too, which I think is just a really interesting change of mindset. I'll never forget. And I don't know what Frazier's take on this is because I haven't listened to this, you know, 17 hour podcast yet um, on Rogan, but I, I will never forget early on in my, you know, quote unquote competitive career, hearing Rich Froning just casually say that he sleeps between, between 10 and 12 hours per night. And I was like, excuse me. Cause I was a college kid, you know, trying all the supplements and trying to maximize everything. And of course, slept like four hours a night. Right. Um, and when he told me where, when I heard him say that on some episode of something, I was just like, a what? 
And that's stuck with me ever since. So if you want to be an elite athlete, you need to be an elite sleeper. Bro, I so at the games, they gave us these whoop bands, right? It's hashtag not sponsored, by the way. Just gave it to us. And so I've been wearing it and it has been sleep nagging me for since we got back. That's why I have one. Yeah. Well, and so I started realizing how little sleep I'm getting. Right. And I've had the same mattress for, I probably conceived my daughters on those that mattress. I hate to say that out loud. That's gross. Um, Please never say that again. You're welcome. And, um, so I'm like, I'm going to buy a new mattress. So I got to buy a really fancy foam mattress. And I go get new sheets and I put blackout curtains in the bedroom and, or blinds, you know. And so now it's pitch black, the most comfortable bed you've ever been on, new linen. I slept on it for the first time on Sunday night. I slept like 11 hours. Yes. And I, get up and I check the whoop the next day and it's like 94% yes. sleep performance. And I'm like, what is this refreshed feeling I have? Like, why do I feel Dude. so good? Sleep hygiene is so incredibly important. That is like legit. I know I'm putting the carpet for the horse here, but like that's our next course that we're coming out with wad prep specifically because I've been blown away by how few people pay attention to one recovery in general, how few people actually use their wearable technology, whether it's whoop or aura ring or Garmin, whatever Apple watch doesn't matter, but like wearable technology combined with with actually caring about what we call sleep hygiene. Like what is the, what is the environment that you're sleeping in and, and how do you do that consistently? Uh, so we have an entire course coming out about it because that's how passionate I am about it. And it, it makes such a huge difference. We're going to talk off there about how you teach a course on sleep, but that's an entirely different episode. <laughs> well, I got to make up for the days where I don't sleep. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, that's my number one like recovery thing. The, the real question I got, though, was from people going, how do you not feel guilty on your rest days? How do you keep from not feeling guilty and having FOMO and feeling like, oh, everybody else is at the gym working out. I'm not doing anything. I'm losing my gains. Oh, I'm not catching up. Like, how do you manage that? Particularly, mm. I think that's that's more a symptom. Well, I was going to say more of new athletes. And I think new athletes do suffer from that a lot. But I still suffer from it occasionally. Mm-hmm. I found I'd ways say to there's a, it. yeah, there's like this huge, there's like a big group of beginner athletes that are like, are like seven days a week, right? I'm in there seven days a week. And they have this, 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 uh, we'll call it like naive energy that the more I do the better. Yeah, and then to make up for what they've didn't do years past. Exactly. And then we have this, this odd other end of the spectrum of like, let's say, I don't want to use wannabe as like a negative term, but like wannabe elite level competitors that they see a gap between them and the people at the highest level. And they're like, the only way to to make up for this is more volume. And both of those groups subsets are, are again, they're naive in thinking that the best way to outperform a deficiency is to outwork it. Um, And I would like there's a lot of truth behind like the more you work, the luckier you get. However, when it comes to like physical bodily functions and like strength adaptations and things like that, sleep is the number one most important thing for actually having your bus body repair itself, both physically and mentally on a cellular level. And then additionally, like those rest days are, are not only physically important, they should also be mentally important to you as well because the people who don't take rest days at all tend to be the ones that I don't see pushing themselves nearly as hard on, uh, especially like Friday, Saturday, um, or Monday, right? Like it's like where those rest days would normally strategically be positioned, like maybe like a Thursday, Sunday rest schedule. It's like, if you're just grinding straight through that, you'd be amazed, especially if you've got wearable technology involved, you'd probably be amazed at how poorly your body is recovering and how negatively that's actually affecting your workouts. When you actually start to do this less is more approach where you're focusing on the right dominoes to knock over, the right skills to work on, and then also allowing yourself to come back freaking hungry to train. Not like I remember coming in on Fridays after uh, an active rest day back again, back in the glory days when I had, when I was competing, 
I would come back on Fridays and I'd be so hungry to just freaking train because I had that like that FOMO on Thursday. But I listened to my coach and I forced myself to actually take an active rest day. When I wasn't doing that, those Fridays and Saturdays, I'd be so I'd feel so beat up. So it's it's this weird give and take. But the bottom line is you absolutely need rest, both on a nightly schedule and then also building in some sort of active recovery or full recovery day is absolutely pivotal to seeing the highest strength gains, performance gains, and also keeping your head mentally screwed on straight. So if you have trouble resting, you need to, and say it with me, find a hobby outside of the gym. (laughs) God forbid. Well, so I do two or three things. Um, The first one is I, I think you have to buy into this concept of scale and bail. Like if you really believe in the concept, you say, all right, I'm I'm going to scale workouts. The reason you're scaling those workouts is so you actually can do more days in the gym. Mm -hmm. So it allows me, because I'm scaling, I can do a full five days, not four or six days, not five, Mm -hmm. because I'm not destroying my body every day. Right. And so that's part of it is that you will be able to be more present in the gym because you're not killing yourself, you know, the first couple of days of the week. Sure. The second thing that I do is I track everything on rest days to remind myself that I'm still working. So an example that would be is I plan to mow the yard on my rest days. I have a push mower. It's a relatively small yard, but it still takes half an hour. I turn my whoop on or whatever wearable I'm using at the time and I track it mm-hmm. and because I can look back and see what I did. And so it makes me feel less guilty. That makes sense. And, you know, we all have those moments. You're like, oh, I didn't do anything today. Well, I can still look back at the end of the day and, and see that my heart rate got up for half an hour, you know, totally. or, I, or I put some work in. Like for me, those are, are probably the two big things. And then I think you're spot on with, you need some sort of hobby. I joked last week, like I don't, I'm not a golfer by any stretch of imagination, but I played golf for the first time in a long time last week. And so I tracked it and it was over this, you know, I'm using this whoop thing and it gives you strain for the workouts. And this, mm-hmm. you know, I played golf for four hours and we drank a bunch of beer And I'm like, man, I just play golf for four hours and drank a bunch of beer and have higher strain than I did for that hour long CrossFit workout I did yesterday. Maybe I should just play golf and drink beer every day. This would be great. Yeah, there's a, it's actually funny because so many people come back. uh, Like that's actually a major complaint that Whoop has received. It's like, hey, listen, uh, I just played golf and it gave me like a 20.6 strain. (laughs) I do think that is positively correlated with the like, I don't know if it's positively correlated is the right terminology, but like when you're drinking alcohol and doing other things, your heart rate will naturally be elevated because your body's like, Oh my God, I got to process this alcohol and this asshole is doing something else. You know, like it's great. It's like, so it's like this weird thing where it's like, wow, I'm totally crushing it. Uh, I imagine the same people have really elevated uh, strains when they're at the club dancing on Friday night, myself sometimes, um, or, or fishing. Uh, if you're a big beer drinker while you're fishing as well, it's like, so you got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but I a hundred percent am on the same page as like you said, with tracking your, your quote unquote rest days or recovery days, like, especially if you get outside and, and go for a hike, or for me, it's like playing pickleball or even going fishing. Uh, what's cool is these wearable tech devices, uh, even, without any alcohol consumption, uh, which is not recommended necessarily for to aid you in your recovery. Um, It actually would hurt your recovery in my opinion, but when you're wearing those things, it helps you stay accountable. It's like, Holy crap, I got 15,000 steps in today. And I didn't think I do it, did anything. It helps kind of like um, just tell you like, Hey, you were plenty active by all standards of any measurement. And just because you didn't go to the gym did not mean that it was a successful day of fitness for you. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree on the alcohol part because I'm a big fan of bourbon recovery, but we'll get to that. Mental recovery, I guess, is a thing. Yeah, I guess agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> all right, last topic. So someone reached out to me this today, and I thought this was probably most interesting because the last thing I want to do is piss off a lot of gym owners. So they said, they asked me, like, well, if I'm going to do this whole scale and bell thing, how do I discuss it with my gym owner who spent all this time writing the programming? 
that come in that, Hey, my goals are different than maybe the goals you're setting for us as members. And so mm-hmm. you're a coach, like what, how would you recommend someone have that conversation? The first thing I would say is find out from your coach what the goal of the programming is. Because believe it or not, there's a wild variety, especially if you're going to a CrossFit gym, there's a wild wild variety of goals. If I go to one gym here in Denver, and I'm not going to name any names, if I go to one gym here in Denver, I know that the goal is to get people prepared for the CrossFit games, right? We're talking like the top, tippy top. Right. And everyone else is skilled underneath of that. For another gym, the one that I currently go to, it is pure GPP, general physical preparedness. For others, it's maybe getting people ready for the CrossFit Open, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if the goal of the programming does not align with your goal as an athlete or member of that gym, that's not to say you need to go out and find a new gym. That's just to say that, hey, you now have kind of some grounds to talk to your your head programmer, head coach, affiliate owner, whatever you want to call it, that, hey, your goal is to get people prepared prepared for the CrossFit Open. My goal is to just work out five days per week and because I think that's going to make me feel better and look better. So because your goal is more performance-driven for the Open and might focus on skills that I personally don't want to learn, then please, if it's okay, when you're programming triple under practice or handstand pushups, um, AKA cervical spine compression, um, or, um, you know, ring muscle ups with handstand pushups or something, you know, whatever crazy thing someone's doing or like, or even like one rep max snatch day. I personally, like me as a coach, I'm trying to encourage everyone to lift more weight. Cause I, I love it when people who don't want to lift weight all of a sudden lift more than they ever thought were capable. And then all of a sudden they change from, I just want to work out five days per week to, all right, I care about the open now. Like that for me as a coach is a win, but for you as an athlete, it's really important to get clear on what your goals are. And then if they do not align with the goal of the programming, just open up the conversation, open up the door with your coach that I am not trying to undermine you in any way, shape or form. However, since my goals are different I would love it if you provided a couple different options when X or Y or Z is programmed, or could you give me some like really compelling reasons why I need to learn how to do, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, let's say even double unders as a prime example, where it's like, Hey, I pee a little bit every time I jump. And I frankly don't even care to ever be good at, at jumping rope and it's just purely a, a, a thing that I don't want to do. And my Achilles tendon hurts, yada, yada, yada. Coach, can you give me something that's maybe a little bit different that makes me want to come to the gym on double under days? If that coach is like, you need to try double unders. I know you can do them. And I don't care about your goals. That's a red flag. But hopefully for most people listening, when you open up that conversation and say, here are my goals, your goals as a gym are a little bit different how can we meet in the middle so that I'm still having fun in these classes? You know, that kind of conversation is really going to open up a lot of doors. What I would warn before I end my soapbox speech, what I would warn a lot of people not to do, do not come into the gym and say, these two bald guys, Ben and John told me I should never do this again. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Right? Like that is not a productive conversation. And what's going to happen is, the gym owner or the coach at that time is going to feel undermined and they're going to be like, oh, so you learned something on YouTube or Spotify or TuneIn or whatever platform and you think you're better than me now. And it's just, it creates an, a toxic dialogue. So come in, ask what the goals are, say, here are my goals and how can how can we come up with a compromise so that I love coming to your class and coming to your gym? That's where everybody's on the same page. And I can, I would be hard pressed to find any coach or gym owner that can't agree with us to say like, we want our members to have fun and want to come to the gym more often. Uh, there's very few people that are like, oh no, if they don't want to do double unders, I don't want them showing up, right? That is a very bad business move. And it's not in the the interest of of having people fall in love with fitness. So that's, that's my soapbox. Well, I would say if they're upset about something you learned on this show, just send me a DM and I'll make you a meme about them. You would just make oh, Yeah, perfect. Quickly. I, you know, I threaten them with meme. 
Yes. We'll just threaten them with names. I, I have a lot of different thoughts on it. I mean, I, first of all, I don't think you have to change a coach's programming really in any way to scale. I think you have to help the coach have an understanding of what your goals are and let them know that, that, Hey, even though I can't, so I could give you an example. So I can do all the movements, but handstand walks. So my coaches know I can do muscle ups, but I will routinely tell them, Hey coach, not feeling it today. What, what would you like for me to do instead? Mm-hmm. Because I've had the conversation with them already where we sat down and I said, Hey, here are my long-term goals. I want to be healthier long-term. I don't want to be injured in any capacity. I know what my limitations are. I have a tweaky shoulder. There's some movements that I shouldn't be doing, you know, repetitiously. So I'm going to come to you from time to time and ask to scale things. I'll always defer to you and what the intent of the workout is. And that seems for me, that always is respectful enough. As long as they know I'm wanting to do what their intent is, they're mm-hmm. not going to push me to do more than I can. They will challenge me. And so they may still make me do things I don't like to do. So what I'm not going to do is go, Hey, instead of box jumps, how about if I do jumping jacks? You know, they're like, no, you're going to do something equally hard. I'm just going to sip on a fit aid for a yeah, while. Like, <laughs> there's, you know, they're still going to challenge me and I have to be willing to do that. But at the same time, like when I'm looking to scale things, it's, I'm looking to protect my body. So I, you know, people listening, I think you probably have a sense, or I would hope you have a sense, the things that, um, you know, you want to protect shoulders, knees, you know, particularly as you get older, it's almost always some sort of joint, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, back, those sorts of things. Um, and so I think having that honest dialogue with your coach, I think there is, there are moments where you'll have a red flag though, where a coach says, you know, no, I'm, you know, my job as a coach is to make you a better athlete and to push you. And I think you've got to decide if you're willing to, to be in that type of environment. That, that yeah. environment is fine for some people, by the way, as I wasn't complaining about that, but like I was in a gym like that once and I left. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that wasn't the environment I wanted to be in at the end of yeah. the day. I'm not training for the games. This is disposable income and it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm paying you. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm not, again, I'm not, I, this isn't going to be one of those situations where I'm going to the coach going, Hey, I'm paying you. You must do what I say. Yeah. Like, do not use that dialogue structure yeah. for sure. I want to be respectful. This, look, this is their business to run as they see fit. I am paying them to coach me and to make me better and to challenge me and to make me do things that I wouldn't necessarily do by myself or, you know, program for myself. But you know, there is some give and take there. And I think you yeah. just have to have that honest dialogue and make sure that you've got a good, respectful relationship with your coach. I think, you know, 99.9% of coaches I've met are exactly like that. So, yep. I, you know, but if you do have to have the courage of finding time. And I, I would also say that, you know, I would ask if you guys are going to have this conversation with your coach, email them first or text them or however you communicate and, and schedule it. Don't just drop in like coaches times. These guys, you know, are not millionaires. They, you know, they're working really hard. This is a hard job, lots of hours. Mm-hmm. Most of these gyms, you know, barely have enough coaches to go around and, Absolutely. You know, Amen. and, and dropping in on a gym at the end of the day and saying, Hey, can we talk about, you know, my entire fitness plan after they've just worked long shift and had people ask them a thousand questions and they're not prepared for the conversation might make it not go the way you want it to go. So like, yeah. give them a heads up, you know, Hey, I'm and coming even, in, this is what I want to talk about. And even like on top of that, uh, this is something that just came to mind. Like, especially if you're a member of a CrossFit gym, you may or may not have disposable income. If you want to approach this conversation and, and really win some brownie points to get people like, Hey, I really want to make sure I hear this out. And, and again, be fully invested in this conversation. Offer them, I don't know, 20 bucks, offer them 50 bucks even, or some, some coaches be like, no, 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 let just come talk to me and I won't accept anything. But for some, it's like, Hey, can I, can I like have 30 minutes of your time? I'll give you 30 bucks. And I really just want to dig into like a couple potential programming modifications for me personally. And my goals, if you've sensed that your goals are very separate than your gym's goals, um, or raise a couple red flags. If you're like, Hey, like, for whatever reason, when I tend to do this movement, I um, seem to have a negative reaction to it. Um, that that will go a long way to show that you're equally as invested as you are wanting that, them to be in you. Like you're saying, hey, I know your time is valuable 
and I don't want to waste your time. So here's a token of my appreciation or even just coffee or a meal or something. On that, on that same note, something that I really want to like, I'd be, I'd be bummed if I didn't say it, especially if you are very much a beginner. If you are, are afraid to do a couple movements simply because you've never been exposed to them at all. Snatches is a primary example. I cannot begin to describe to you the amount of people that have come into my gym, my, especially my former gym, Blue Crab CrossFit in, in Maryland. They've come into my gym and be like, I'm not doing that, right? Nope, it's going to hurt my shoulder, not doing it. And then I've been able to coerce them to try it with the PVC pipe and then maybe try it with a little, little, little barbell and then maybe try it with the barbell and some bumper plates. And then all of a sudden, they are obsessed with the snatch. Right. So just because you are worried about a movement, if you, if you do not have the history with that movement, don't immediately say, that looks crazy, I'm going to get hurt. Because I think that's maybe putting the cart before the horse. So like, make sure that you're at least open to trying things at a, at a very low intensity with proper instruction. Make sure they're not just like, hey, grab a bar and put 100 pounds on it. With the proper instruction, you will probably be surprised at how many movements you'll fall in love with. And I know she doesn't know I'm mentioning this, but I specifically remember there was this girl, Katie, Katie Coco or Katie freaking whatever Justin's last name is. Um, gosh, darn it. I'm totally blanking because I'm on a podcast. Anyway, Katie came into Titan CrossFit, which I coached forever ago. She came in, was a soccer player, super athletic and was like, I hate barbell movements. I'm never going overhead. It's going to hurt my shoulder. I already have a little shoulder tweak thing. I hate snatches. I'm never going to do them. Overhead squats are the worst, like, like despised them. And over the course of the couple months where she was coming into my class, I kind of just like, just as a good coach should just kind of like gave her like graded exposure to the movements. Like, Hey, no problem. Like, let's just start you with this, this PVC pipe. You can use the PVC pipe in the workout. You won't even have to pick up the barbell. I kid you not, she is on the path to a qualifying for the American Open right now, which is the snatch and clean and jerk. Like she is a national level or almost national level weightlifter at the moment. And we're talking like complete 180. So that's like one of my biggest stories here where it's like as a beginner athlete, come in with an open mind. And if you have good, good coaches, trust your coaches and then navigate the process with them so that you have shared goals. Uh, that's that's my my little story for the day. Well, and I would add to that, Ben, like the value of learning some of these movements. Like I'll give you an example. I'm really scared of heights. Like I hate, I just don't like heights. And so I've always been scared of rope climbs. Are you like six, eight or something? I'm, well, most CrossFitters think so because they're five, four. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm six feet tall. I just appear to be six, eight to you. So uh, anyway, um, but I, yeah, I don't like heights. And it's mostly just the thought of falling from the top of the rope that freaks me out, right? And so when I started at Scott's gym, they rope climb twice a week, every week. And I quickly learned what days of the week it was because he's, you know, I pay attention to the details and I noticed, huh, they always program these the day before they clean the gym. Scott's a smart guy, right? Like you're going to clean the floors. You're going to get all the rope crumbs on the floor. So I had to make a decision. Well, am I going to skip Wednesdays and quit going? Cause I don't like to climb ropes. Or am I just going to suck it up and learn to climb ropes? So guess what I did? I learned to climb ropes. Now, do I like rope climbs? Absolutely not. Still don't like them. But there was value in learning them. Mm. Follow me. Like, so, uh, you know, and these days when there are rope climbs, probably nine times out of 10, I'm scaling them. Yeah. And I'm doing, you know, some sort of either pull up or ski erg or some sort of pulling movement. So I don't have to do rope climbs and, you know, we have a small gym, so there's only three or four ropes anyway. So it's easy for me to go, Oh, there's too many people. I don't you know. I'll do, I'll choose to do something else for the good. Of the I volunteer as tribute not to yeah. do rope climbs just for the good of the group, Saxon. Just, just because <laughs> I'm looking out for you. I want your other pain members to be happy. I volunteer not to, um, but I do them from time to time because I think there is some value in knowing how to do it and remembering how to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think you should, you know, if you aren't injured and you know, it's something you're just scared to do it, try it. You might like it. You might find like in my case, you still don't like it, 
but now you know how to do it and you can say, Hey, I can do rope climbs, you know, like, absolutely good for you. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if we solved all the problems of the world, but I think we certainly started some conversation. So we're darn near close. And one thing I wanted to say, I didn't, I wasn't able to squeeze it in earlier. This isn't a wad prep plug, but uh, I actually, I do have a blog on our website. If you just search wad prep, CrossFit supplements or wad prep supplements. It'll probably be one of the top blog articles. It's just a well-written article by uh, my friend, Andy Morgan, who owns a big nutrition company. Um, and it just like is, it's called the CrossFit supplements guide, what science actually shows. And it's a really good comprehensive list on a list supplements, B list supplements, which I take most of the A and B list, and then things to avoid and things that show very little science about. So it's, it's a good read to little refresher on today's discussion. You, you said it was a well-written blog. I thought you were going to say you wrote it. I was like, man. You're oh, no, I didn't write it. Andy's Great. a writer. He's really good at writing. It's a well-written <laughs> blog that I wrote. That's why I should start describing <laughs> I wrote <it>. really good. <laughs> I'm a good writer, yo. Anyway. All right. Well, this is fun, Ben, as always. And uh, so we'll be releasing these every Tuesday. So we've got this coming out tomorrow. This is Monday. So you guys will be hearing this on Tuesday. And I think that's going to be our normal release date moving forward. And so that's exciting stuff. So we're glad you guys joined us for week one, our first week on the Apple charts. Let's go for a week. Yeah. Made two. it top 100 or something. Yeah. Well, the miracles never cease, never cease to amaze me. I wonder if that had any, uh, I like paid a guy like, a, like a thousand dollars to get a bunch of robots to subscribe. Do you think that had anything to do with it? I wish it were that easy. <laughs> I wish. Please subscribe. Tell all of your, your friends, especially beginners and masters athletes. We would love to have them listen to this show. Well, that was kind of the point. I'm just really, really grateful for everyone who listened to the first episode and for everyone listening to this one. And we really hope you guys continue to uh, tell your friends, tell your gym members, tell your coaches. We were talking about them and they should listen to this episode just to get mad at us and all that good stuff. So with that, we will let you guys run and we will chat with you guys soon. Peace.